Let us pray. pastor who likes every word and syntax and synapse and all to go just a certain way and flow just a certain way and it's scripted out so that the people in the back can move the slide at just a certain time because I want it to just communicate exactly this way every now and then this pastor will have the whole sermon ready Minus one slide. And then at 7.15 or 7.30, we'll hear very clearly from the Lord. Don't you use that sermon, Randy. That's not for today, Randy. Put it away, Randy. Surrender it to me, Randy. There's something else I need to say, Randy. And when I surrender to that, and I just go, okay, I'm not going to print this. And then I just delete the PowerPoint. And then I say, surprise, Sean, no PowerPoint today. Huh? No PowerPoint today. Because I do not know. So here's the, uh, here's the sermon. <laughs> and I'm fixing to tell you about it in just a second. I think it is so important that we are always listening to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is always speaking to us, moving us, leading us, guiding us, caring for us, connecting us with one another. And when the Spirit speaks, church, we must listen. And the Spirit spoke to me today and He said, Randy, don't preach the sermon that you have prepared, for I have prepared a different word, a word that speaks into the tragedy and into the suffering that we watch on a daily basis go on in our nation, sometimes at the hands of one another and sometimes at the hands of Mother Nature. And so I found myself jotting this question down this morning. How do you preach joy when tragedy, pain, suffering, and death are an ever-present reality? How do you preach joy when pain and suffering and tragedy and death and all that other nasty old stuff out there is an ever-present reality? How do you do that? How do you do that, Randy? 
How can you possibly say what you were going to say about joy when you know what we're dealing with right now? When you're watching people in Arkansas and Tennessee and Kentucky and Illinois go through such horrendous suffering at the hands of only the Lord knows how many tornadoes. How do you preach joy? You know, one of you asked me a question. And the question was this. Can you be joyful and sad at the same time? Can you be joyful and sad at the same time? And the answer is yes. Yes, you can. Because joy is not a feeling. Hear that again. Joy is not a feeling. Joy is a blessing. It is a blessing given. And sometimes in life, when they are at their darkest moment and we are not feeling joy, that's okay. Because it's not a feeling. It's a blessing. And the blessing of joy is meant to be employed. Just like the blessing of hope is meant to be employed. And the blessing of peace is meant to be employed. And the blessing of joy is meant to be employed. It's not meant to sit on a shelf and collect dust. It's meant to be taken out in the darkest of times and put out there and go, Oh, thank you, Jesus, that I'm not alone in this mess. There is a reason that the third candle on the Advent wreath is rose. Do you know that? See, Advent is supposed to be kind of like a miniature Lent, right? We're supposed to be contemplative and meditative as we make our way to the, um, to the stable, to the manger, to that Christmas Eve, and to the celebration of the Lord's birth. Um, but, but that meditative stuff and all that, it comes to a, a, a sharp end on the third Sunday of Advent with this joy-colored candle because it stands in stark contrast to the rest of the time. That we are to rejoice. We are to rejoice in the midst of the worst circumstances. Not because we are feeling it. Listen, faith is not about our feelings. Faith is not about our feelings. Faith. Faith is a gift of God's grace. It was given to us by God that it might change the way we think and the way we feel and the way we behave. Faith is God's gift. Faith is not yours. You can't have enough faith. Uh Uh-uh. That's not the way it works. You ever heard somebody say that? Well, if they'd have just had enough faith, they would have gotten out of debt. If they'd have just had enough faith, that cancer would have been failed, healed. If they'd have just had enough faith, well, that tornado would have gone a different direction. That is absolute insanity. It's heresy. And it's certainly not from Jesus. Faith is a gift. It is a gift. A gift of grace that we cannot earn, but we can receive. And when we are seeking the light of Jesus Christ, we can receive the gift of faith. We can find our hearts strangely warm. We can find the Lord come into our hearts and rebirth us into a new creation. And with that comes the blessings, the blessings of hope and the blessings of peace and the blessings of joy. And joy is something that we need to employ. 
when we are facing dire times and dire situations and dire circumstances. And you know what? I'm going to be honest. Um, Calvary Church and Pennsylvania and all of America and all of the world We are weary. We're so weary, we don't even know it. We are so weary, we don't even know it. The COVID-19 pandemic has us beaten down for almost two years now. We are so weary, we don't even know it. Oh, another school shooting. Oh, look. A bunch of homes and lives are destroyed by a natural disaster. We're weary. But we don't have to be without hope. We don't have to be without peace. And we most certainly don't have to be without joy. Because God has blessed us with joy. And that's what joy is. Joy is a blessing. Joy is not a feeling. It is a blessing given. I want to focus just on these couple of verses. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Blessed. You know, Mary and Elizabeth were having a... I mean, I mean these, this is great news, right? You know, Mary's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Nobody's going to understand that. Everybody's going to talk about her. Elizabeth, she's, I don't know, somewhere between 90 and 100. Wasn't ever supposed to have a child. Now she's got one. Mm-hmm. This baby is growing in her womb. Six months old, John the Baptist, who we all know is a little bit of eccentric person in the Bible, is grown in her belly. And as soon as Mary comes on the scene with Jesus in her belly, the child inside of Elizabeth leaps for joy. Elizabeth exclaims, blessed are you. The Greek there is eulogio. It's where we get the word um, eulogy from. It's a blessing of praise about somebody's life. It's a word of praise about somebody's life. So whenever you hear the word eulogy at a funeral, think word of praise about somebody's life. She gives a word of praise about Mary and a word of praise about Jesus inside of Mary. And you should know that these two, that Mary and Elizabeth, they were cousins and they shared this special connection already. But when Jesus entered the mixture, when Jesus became part of the story, this special connection was magnified because God magnifies the best in humanity, the very best. And Jesus magnified that situation though, so that this special connection between these two people who were each other's somebody filled them with a kind of joy they had never been filled with before. And this was not of their own doing. It was given them by God Almighty because that's how God rolls. He gives good things to His people. And these two would need that kind of joy. They would need this joy. Just like we need that joy in our life. Just like we need those special somebodies, those special connections in our life. We need those connections 
Can you, uh, can you feel sadness and be joyful all at the same time? Yeah, you can. Because joy is not of your doing. But you know what you can't do is you can't go through this life alone. You can't go through it without one another. And we can't go through it without Jesus. We can, but it just doesn't work the same. And I don't know if you've ever been to a funeral for somebody that wasn't a believer in Jesus Christ, but there's a darkness there. I once did a funeral for a young man who was 28 years old. He was killed committing an armed robbery. I just happened to be the pastor at the funeral home across the street, so I got the call because they had nobody. And I walked into that funeral home, and the only light of Jesus in there was me, and that was scary. And I walked by that young man's casket, and I could tell he did not know Jesus. Not because he had committed a terrible thing, but I could just feel it. And in that room, the only hope, and in that room, the only peace that was being offered was through me, and that, that was sad. That's why Christians need each other. That's why Marys need their Elizabeth, and Elizabeth needs their Mary. That's why Randy needs his Amy, and Amy needs her Randy. Well, she needs me more than I need her, but you know what I mean. <laughs> In case she had fallen asleep, I wanted to throw that in. <laughs> and oh, these precious times, these precious times with my children even now. I need those special connections. I need those times, those times of support. Because in those times of support and in those times of connection, there is joy simply in being with one another. And so as I think about our brothers and our sisters who are struggling this morning, and there'll certainly be more natural disasters to come. Maybe even us to go through them at some point. I'm praying that in the midst of the storm, that they are finding their connections with one another. I'm praying that in the midst of the storm, Jesus is there even now. You know, I remember my father sharing after the tornado destroyed their house. Um, I remember him sharing that almost immediately the church people were out um, from the towns with water and with basic supplies and with casseroles. Y'all got a casserole ministry, right? First United Methodist Church, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, had a casserole ministry. That kept my um, father and stepmother fed for several weeks in a hotel room. So I'm praying for those connections today. Because in those connections, friends, is joy. And so I want to ask you today, I want to ask you, who is your somebody? Who's your somebody? Or who's your more than one somebody that you share a special connection with? Maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's all of the above. Who is that person? And when is the last time you said to them, you are a blessing to me? 
Because when Mary and Elizabeth saw each other, they were a blessing to each other, and they told him so. Because the truth of the matter is, we do not know how long we have to walk this earth in this body. But thanks be to God, we're not walking it alone. Because we have Jesus inside of us, and we have Jesus beside of us in our somebodies. Friends, we have received the joy of connection. But joy that isn't employed just sits on the shelf getting dusty. Employ. Employ that joy. Bless one another. I dare you. Send somebody a text today after worship. You can even do it while I finish this sermon. Send somebody a text today. Just says, you're a blessing to me. It will bring them joy. And if you get a text from somebody and it brings you joy, take a selfie. Because joy has a look, too. Even in the midst of your suffering. Even in the midst of sadness, joy is still something that's there. And so that's my, uh, that's my sermon. Only God knows what it'll be like at the second service. It was about 18 minutes, so I went eight minutes over. Where are you, LaVonda? I went eight minutes over, okay. But uh, the good news is that when God speaks and we listen, he provides what we need. And so this is his word, seriously considered this day, for the Church of Calvary and for our brothers and sisters joining us online. Thanks be to the God who graces us with joy that is not from ourselves, but it's meant to be employed. Let us pray.